Dear listener, can you think of anything recently that was or is irritating to you? Perhaps you hear me ask that and you scoff because you've gone through or are going through a major tragedy or trial. If you aren't in an unpleasant situation today, I can just about guarantee that one is on the way. Join us today as we talk about living blamelessly through seasons of difficulty where we may be prone to complain. Know the Word is a McGregor podcast that offers a relevant and refreshing focus on understanding and applying God's Word to your life. We'll discuss life-changing truths of biblical faith that comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. I'm your host, Nathan Bottomley, and joining me today is Jake and Jesse Wallace. Join us as we open the Bible so that we can know the Word. Well, welcome back, Jake and Jesse. Yeah, thanks for having us again. It's good to be here. I'm glad that the first one went well enough. You decided you could do it again. <laughs> Just bugging you. All right. I asked you this last time. Tell me again, differently perhaps, do you have any interesting facts about you guys? We are high school sweethearts from the school here at McGregor. And I guess kind of piggyback off that, um, Russell Howard actually married us. Well, that's sweet. I didn't know you when you got married. I wish I did. I know. Nonetheless, well, before we dive into these verses today, I want to ask you a couple questions about the state of the world outside this studio. So here's my question. How does America compare to other countries around the world from a human's perspective? Not with any particular belief, but just how does, what does America look like? I definitely say in comparison to other countries, America seems to be very like prosperous and a place that's very open, you have freedom, things like that. It's sure. the one percent, and it's the one percent richest, um, which comes with things and material, and sure. in the end, <laughs> unhappiness. Sure. Let me ask you this: If you were to walk out onto the street and you, at, I don't know, just pulled several people and you pulled them and asked them, "Hey, what's your goal in life?" What kind of answers do you think you'd get? I definitely think you're going to get somebody saying something like along the lines of the American dream, you know, married, kids, dog, white picket fence, own a house type thing. And just that is everybody's goal here in America, I'd say. Yeah. I would piggyback off that. I mean, it's, it, it is the American dream. I mean, you're not, it very rarely you're going to hear like a Christian response. Oh, my goal in life is sanctification or to please the Lord. It's more, I want to have this car one day in this size house and which, um, <clears throat> it's not bad or to desire to work hard. And those would be things that come with that, but they're not goals. Um, material shouldn't be goal. Right. Sure. Let me ask you this. And, uh, it's funny that you say that too, cause I, well, this is, it might be evident in how I speak. I'm from Canada and I don't think a lot of people, unless they're, I would at least say a little bit more sincere than here would volunteer that they're Christian yet down here, a lot of people volunteer they're Christian and that's still the answers you guys give. So I want to ask you this then let's, let's bring the scope in from perhaps just people we may pull off the street and ask, what do you guys think about the church? Do you think the church is affected by this way of thinking? Absolutely. I mean, culture shouldn't bleed into the church, but it does. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, 
the prosperity gospel movement comes from it comes down to sin in one word, but um, it really stems from a love of material and wanting God to want me to have these things and be a certain way. And uh, if I'm closer to the Lord, I will be more prosperous. Of course, I want to be closer to the Lord. Um, and and in doing so, I mean, desiring these material things is, is uh, sinful in that mindset. Yeah. It's interesting you so yeah you'd say yes that attitude does permeate i'm putting christians in quotes i don't necessarily mean everyone found in christ but those that claim to be christian they would they share a lot of that attitude for the perfect christian they wouldn't but unfortunately and we're imperfected we're still sane by yeah. we're stained by sins in the world so. yeah so when you walk into the church you see this well i think there's a great passage that that kind of talks about grumbling complaining uh and, you know, we mentioned at the beginning, maybe there's something that's mildly irritating. Maybe it's massive trial. And those are seasons in which we find we tend to complain. And I think it's interesting because our goals show a lot of this. When we don't reach our goals or what our idea of goals is, then I think we also end up in this with poor attitudes and poor dispositions and we want to grumble and complain. Well, there's a great passage in Philippians chapter 2 that addresses this pretty head on. So... Here it is, Philippians chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16 say this. Paul writes, Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So that's what we're looking at today. So let me ask you this. This passage starts off verse 14, super short and simple. And I think we're, we're pretty prone to like be slap happy with this verse. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. Some translations say grumbling or disputing. What, what do you guys think of when you think of grumbling, questioning, complaining, disputing? What kind of things do we think of? I mean, it's kind of funny to think this way, but I almost picture like a mom and maybe a young child when the mom says, hey, pick up this or do this. And the kid is just like, "Ugh, like, I don't want to do that. That's so <laughs> annoying. Like, that is my view of grumbling. Sure. Yeah, any additional thoughts? Oh, goodness. I mean, this life is hard, right? And a lot of uh, things that come along with this sinful world are challenging. And um, going through life without complaining is a very difficult thing. Sure. Um, it's easy to grumble at the challenges and the trials that we're, we're given on a day-to-day. -day. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this. Why do you think he says grumbling and disputing? Well, I mean, I'm reading ESV here. Why do you think he says grumbling or questioning? Is there a difference between those two? Yeah, I'd say there's a difference because, like I said, grumbling is just that under the breath kind of ugh, frustration, whereas questioning, if you are really questioning God, you're saying, God, why? Instead of just saying like, ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like challenging God for because we're discontent with his providence in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. We're discontent with the situation, the, I don't know, it might be people, it might be the stuff, it might be that we're not hitting our American dream goals, whatever it may be, right? right. And disputing, I think, yeah, I think that's a key difference, that grumbling is this inward, like, muttering to yourself, 
just discontentment. Grumbling but, is sitting in discontent. Yeah, but then disputing is going so far as to question God's providence in our lives. So right. we know what these things are now. I have a question. So Paul gives a reason to live this way. If you guys look at these three verses, just survey them real quick again, 14, 15, and 16. Paul says there's a reason that we're to live this way. What is that reason? What do you guys find in there? Well, if you look at verse 15, I mean, Paul says, uh, so that we may be seen as blameless and innocent children of God. Um, it's it's so that the world, number one, it's to be worshipful, right? So right. we have the attitude um, that is like Christ, but it's also, he gives the reason of the world's perspective of Christians, that Christians should look different. Hey, why is that Christian? They're, even though their circumstances are not ideal, why does this Christian uh, still give thanks, not grumbling or complaining? Right. Yeah, and I'd even extend that if you keep looking at the verse when he says, um, he says, you should be without blemish in the midst of a twisted generation among whom you shine as lights. So it, if you are a Christian that doesn't grumble or dispute or question God, it really affects your witness because like Jake said, people are going to look at you different because that goes so far against the cultural norm. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting reason uh, to be blameless and innocent in the midst of a crooked generation to shine as light. Paul highlights for us, right, that, that living a certain way, living even in just in the sense of what he's talking about here, uh, without grumbling or questioning, complaining or disputing, living like that is to live blamelessly and innocent in the midst of a crooked generation. It affects our witness. It affects what people see. So I, I'm just kind of curious. This is just kind of a, hey, do you know anybody like this? Can, can you guys think of anybody off the top of your head that's really good at or is an example to you of not complaining or questioning when things get tough. Yeah, I definitely have somebody off the top of my head that just, it doesn't really matter what's going on in their life. They always can point themselves to Christ and they almost disregard the troubles that they are going through because they trust God so much that they know that whatever is to come out of this struggle dispute, that it's, God is trustworthy. Yeah. I too can think of somebody um, in my life, uh, older than me, but um, has been through trials and fully trusts the Lord well, and I would inspire to be um, have his attitude in hard circumstances. Yeah. I, I think it's just, it's, it's always interesting to think about, can we think of anybody like that? And because if we if we can pick up on in our lives, maybe there's someone around us that's really good at, enduring, going through trials, not grumbling, not complaining, not questioning God's providence in their lives. It's always great to make an example of that person and follow after them as they follow after Christ. Uh, and, you know, I asked that question too. I can think of somebody, you know, back home in Canada, they, you know, it seems like they got dealt every bad hand they could one after the other, after the other compounding. And people would say, you know, you're crazy. You don't get it. What's going on? Like this is, and they were just ecstatic because they had the Lord. And they knew that, you know, that was what mattered. Um, so let me ask you this. I think the answer is grumbling and complaining, but I'll ask the question anyway. I think it's a, you know, what are the consequences to doubting God and his providence and his power? I mean, ultimately the Lord's will will be done. Um, but to go through a circumstance 
um, and still give thanks and be joyful is um, worshipful to the Lord. So I think if we go through a circumstance uh, grumbling and complaining, uh, ultimately we're not sanctified. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Do you get, based on this passage, is it okay to, again, just based on, let's just go with just verse 14, do all things without grumbling or questioning? Is it okay to inquire of the Lord why we may be somewhere or in a position that we're in? I'd say it would be okay to, like you said, inquire because I think it's a, it really boils down to what your mindset is with that questioning. If your questioning is sincerely just saying why versus producing bitterness and anger from that disputing and questioning. Yeah. I think of, you know, as I'm asking that question, I think of uh, Psalms 10 through 13, but I think of 13 in particular, it starts with that question, right? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Do, was the psalmist breaking this command in Philippians. Mm, you stole this passage right out of my mouth, Nate. Uh, <laughs> David, yes, writing this. Um, but if you keep reading, says, oh Lord, but I will wait on you, oh Lord. I still trust you. Um, so he's expressing to the Lord, hey, I, I feel abandoned. I feel like you're not there. But then addresses later that he knows, despite what he feels, he knows that the Lord is still there um, and still working in his life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think it's interesting. I think, yeah, that psalm ends, I think, saying, right, the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. If it's not that one, it's one of those neighboring ones, either 10, right. 11, 12, or 13. Because David knows what he deserves. Yeah, and I think, so perspective helps right. us apply this passage, right? And attitude. Yeah, so then let me ask you say that word. So let's ask that question. How do you replace an attitude of grumbling and discontentment, an attitude of complaining and sinful inquisition how do you replace that attitude uh with contentment how do we get from complaints to contentedness i mean i think it's like anything if you're trying to form a habit it's going to take practice you're going to have to implement it into your life upon many many times so a good way to implement that is looking at scripture if you're not going to be in the word you're gonna look at the way that the world acts and the world grumbles and complains nonstop. So if you want to be different, you have to spend time with Christ and his word. Sure. So I wanna ask you guys this. Typically when we're looking at, you know, the growth of a Christian, I would, I would argue that trials can really spur a person to grow. Um, now, young people don't have the advantage of looking back over a lot of trials. But I do want to ask you this. Do you find, and I'm asking you two personally and, you know, people in our age, uh, are there areas of life that young adults are prone to fall into discontentment? Does it come from goals? Does it come from, like, what areas do young adults struggle to be content with? Hmm. I would give a variety of examples. Sure. Singleness would be one. Um being married would right. be another. Purpose. <laughs> yes. Hey, what are you trying to say? <laughs> um, purpose. Yeah. Uh, like struggling to find yeah. a purpose. Vocation. Like yeah. maybe you had this aspiration or goal to be 
X in high school, but it just didn't work out or it was more work than you thought. And, and then you're left, well, now what am I supposed to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. Um, which is understandable. But, um, I mean, our ultimate goal as Christians should be to become more like Christ, to worship him with the way we live, right? Right. And these, Not that these other things will fall into play perfectly, but... Um, this ain't no prosperity gospel. No, not, not even <laughs> close. But um, they would be secondhand things. Yeah. Our our vocation and things like that. Our, right. If we're ultimately surrendered them to the Lord, the Lord will take care of those things as he desires. Right. Um, yeah. I And I agree. I think, do you think there's any anything else? No, he, he kind of touched on all the ones I was going to mention. <laughs> he took all of them. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. No, I no, I agree with you though. I think young adults are prone to struggle. And I think a lot of it might be, yeah, it's just we haven't lived that long. We haven't been through that much to realize that, wait a second, these things don't matter. They seem really big. This, this is a terrible way to put it. But, you know, I lead the student band and I'm reminded frequently, and I don't say this is a bad thing, but, you know, listening to their prayer requests, it's always interesting. And actually you guys served in youth mm-hmm. not all too long ago. And do, uh, maybe you find this as I do. Listening to their prayer requests is kind of funny. Because you forget that these things mattered so much then, and it's only a couple years removed. And now I'm thinking about it going, this is hilarious to be back where it didn't really matter that much, you know, and it's not, it's not belittling that. I don't mean it in any way like that. It's just different seasons of life. I find that we go through different things and we grumble about different things. Right. We complain about other things. And I think, yeah, maybe, maybe you guys relate to that having just come out of the youth ministry. Right, right, right. And when I say commit, I mean coming out of leading it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, we've talked about, so a lot of it has to do with, I think it is that, you know, the ending of the Psalms, right? I can be grateful. I can be content because the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. Um, have you guys found any verses that you find helpful? If, if, if a young adult came up to you and said, man, you know, I read Philippians 2. And I got to verse 14 and it said, do all things without grumbling or complaining. And then I, I tack on verse 15 and it says, you know, Paul writes that my witness matters. The way I look and I live matters. Do you guys, if someone came up to you and said that and said, you know, is there another passage of scripture, something that you think might help me better understand? Maybe it's understand that the Lord has dealt bountifully with me, better understanding my situation, reinforcing uh, that I shouldn't be grumbling or complaining. Do you guys think, do you guys jump to any particular scriptures when that question arises? There definitely is a passage that comes to mind. Um, it's taken out of Romans five and it says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So you can look at your circumstances currently and yes, you might be prone or you might want to grumble or question, but you can look and see that your suffering is for not for nothing. It's to produce a new new character produce hope like it says in this verse and it ultimately makes you look more like christ and drawing yourself near to him yeah Mm, passage that comes to mind um is first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says uh, give thanks in all circumstances for 
this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So what is God's will for my life? To give thanks in all circumstances, not just the easy ones or the ones that are a five out of 10 difficulty. It's all circumstances give thanks. And this is because uh, for the Christian, you have salvation, which is the only thing that is what you can hold on to into eternity. Everything else is can be taken away in a split second, but a Christian holds to uh, their salvation, their hope in Christ, saving and redeeming them. So that's something to give thanks for, uh, to be <laughs> thankful for, no matter the circumstance or the trial or whatever, whatever's going on in this life. Yeah, I think those are those are great uh, passages, guys, to to rejoice in the Lord always and to give thanks in all things. I think putting on those attitudes and remembering those when we go through hard hardships, that's going to help from anything if it's, you know, as we said at the beginning, maybe it's the mild irritation. Maybe your world is crashing down around you. Well, you know what matters? The Lord tells us to rejoice in our suffering and we can give thanks in all things because the Lord has dealt bountiful with us. And by us, I'm qualifying that. Those found in Christ, I think everyone experiences God's grace, but those found in Christ are forever experiencing God's grace and they will forever experience the grace of God having been saved from their sin. Amen. Well, might we then be a people who desire to glorify God in how we conduct ourselves? And might we start to be a light to those around us by not being known for grumbling and disputing and discontentment? Well, thank you, Jake and Jesse, for being here. Thanks so much for having us. Again. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. It was it's a been pleasure. fun. It was a pleasure. To our friends that are listening, we trust you will let the word of Christ dwell in you richly this week. No matter how you are getting this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment or review. It really helps us out. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and be sure to check out our other McGregor Podcast channels. Just head over to knowthewordpodcast.com for all of the details. Thanks for listening. Thank you.